Hey everybody, welcome back to the next episode of the Enemy for All podcast. I am by myself, sad world, hashtag lonely, lonely as me. Uh, I don't know if I can go any further with this, but uh, we are here to talk about uh, the recent episode, well the recent episode of My Hero Academia and also the other episodes that we didn't talk about last week, which was uh, Shaman King. Uh, I guess before I get into this, uh, I think if I yeah, like from here on right all the way to the end of this month of September more than likely it will be just me my co-host is on a um, extended vacation uh, much deserved and uh, I thought I'd just do this one for sure on September 13th yes yeah, September 13th to make sure I got this out because the episode of my academia that, that just released was very important to talk about and I really want to get my thoughts out uh, as for thoughts on of my co-host I will probably discuss that with him maybe if he wants to take some time out to do that but um he may or may not he may just give his like short to, to the point or his, his short sweet you know what he liked about it because it's typically how he is but uh I guess before we do that we're gonna go forward with the usual analytics of every week. Um, this has become a thing now. Uh, since last time, I think we went up by a follower. We're now sitting at five followers. So thank you everybody who likes this podcast enough to to want to follow it. I'm guessing. Uh, as for other analytics, we haven't been doing too well. Um, again, we are at the very beginning of September. I suspect that once the, once the, like, well, I guess I suspect once this, uh, part of the, of the, of the arc for my hero goes down, we will more than likely spike. I don't know. So we will, um, we, we will eventually see, oh, but I, our, our, you know, it ain't that bad. I mean, our, you know, we're 67, I guess, downloads in the last 38 30 days 238 of all time though so i mean hey we got that going for us uh i'm also working on trying to get back up to releasing the podcast that goes out the week prior to the podcast that you're listening to right now so i get better and hopefully what will happen is i'll get to the point where i have uploaded the episodes the day of so that way they'll be live one day and then the following day and more likely they'll be uh the podcast itself will be up on the rss i'm gonna try to get better at that so that way we're we're doing it week by week um so we'll see about that as well uh i think what i want to do here is i want to because um my co-host left me some notes for uh, Shaman King because he watched them last week uh, in preparation to review them that week. But because I said that I, I thought we were just doing my hero, he left me the notes behind. So, yay, I'm taking credit for his hard work. I mean, what? So uh, I guess we're going to talk about episodes 6, 15 and 16 of Shaman King. Um... And we're going to get right into My Hero Academia. So at the end of the podcast, you will hear more about My Hero. If that's where you want to be. I say skip probably... I don't know how long this, it was going to be. Because I'm not sure how long I'll be live for this. But skip further a little ahead. You'll you'll, you'll, you'll get what you want um, eventually by the end of this podcast. But Okay, so we're going to talk about episode 15 of Shaman King. Uh, when the pieces come together. And... Uh, I guess on my thoughts, we get a little bit more about how, and we find out that 
he is indeed 1,000 years old or close to it. Uh, he, you see here on the notes that we have here, yeah, he's at least, the, he's about a thousand years old, about, because he kind of came back, he got reincarnated much sooner than I'm guessing he was supposed to. That's a whole other kettle of fish we have to talk about later. Um, his full name was Asakara Yo, also known as the Great An Muyuki. Uh, there is something here that is linked to a Wikipedia page. Um, I figured he probably did this because he figured this was interesting. Um, um, uh, Yodo, which is uh, a word they used in the uh, in the um, in the episode, I think is the art of Amiyoto. Apparently, it's, it literally translates into the way of the yin and yang, and uh, it's apparently a system of natural science, that's astronomy, almanac, divination, and magic that developed independently in Japan based on Chinese philosophies of yin and yang. And Wu Sing, Wu Jing. The five elements. Uh, I guess you figure this is interesting because they bring it up here and they bring it how important this actually is in terms of mastering the uh, mastering the arts of controlling spirits, which is also very important here because they bring up that how it has mastered uh, mastered this way this jutsu is what they say in Japanese this this technique to uh, control his spirit. Which is the reason why he's able to, he's able to reincarnate, and he can do it at will because he's mastered this. Uh, here, in short, he actually has something I should be using here. It was like the philosophy of Amiyoto. I think I'm probably butchering that. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that. But oh well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not of Japanese descent. What would I like to be? Or at least an Asian descent of any of any situation. But that's, I'm, 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 I'm rambling here. But um. See, his philosophy is developed in Japan, but it was based on Chinese philosophy, so yin and yang, which is important. We have fire, which I think is huo, water, shui, wood, mu, metal or gold, jin, earth or soil, too. I'm pretty sure I'm mispronouncing that. See, I'm 100% sure I'm mispronouncing it. For, for shirt, for certain. For certain? For the shirt? I, I, okay, um... Uh, like I said, it's employed in many fields of early Chinese thought, including thought of early Chinese thought, including the seemingly the disparate fields such as Yi, Yi Jing divination, alchemy, Feng Shui, oh Feng Shui, astrology, traditional Chinese. Medicine. So this this uh, this was actually in real life. This was used as the basics of early Chinese civilization. This is, this is how they. This is how they found metals. This is how they did uh, their science, alchemy, feng shui, which was like the way that you know the energies align in in a in a, in a spot. Or feng shui, I think it's actually pronounced that. I'm butchering that all the way. I don't care. I'm American. I mean, uh, astrology, traditional Chinese medicine. These are so traditional, not the modern Chinese medicine, whatever that is. Music, their military strategy, and their martial arts, which we all know. Chinese martial arts is a lot about um, breathing and the way the way you move your body, I believe. It's kind of the same way with, Jap with Japan as well. Um, I like what I can remember about this episode, though, it was very, it, it was very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very origin heavy with how uh, it shows that 
how was at least a thousand years old he uh they bring his connection with the asakara family i think with basically what i understand it sounds like uh, it sounds like how was initially a part of the uh the asakura line but i'm you know pretty much uh maybe not actually because the, the way they talk about it, it almost seems like he was meant to be he was actually a part of the family but maybe he maybe maybe he wasn't but he lost his way and essentially wants to destroy the world get to the end of this like you know he wants to destroy the world will destroy the current world and make a new world for the shamans apparently he went to the world of the gods and came back and he came back this way so apparently prior to this he was a decent level-headed person apparently and lost his way when he was taken into the world spirit world i'm guessing seems actually very odd so i don't know what happened in there they make it sound like he was a pretty decent dude until that fact so what yo says like it can't be all bad it's like okay well i'm guessing he's right seems kind of odd but um hey i guess yin and yang a good example of there's always like uh the philosophy there is that there's 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 evil and good and there's also good and evil is the way they like to um the, uh, they did, they, that's how that symbol works which is a nice cool way to look at it if you um, believe that uh, we'll see here like five points of the pentagram in the anime represent five elements yeah we saw that a uh, system of natural science astrology almanac divination hmm, he, re he repeated that for the reason he's alive and he's currently uh, cur he's currently competing how is alive and currently competing and has reincarnated himself into the current body he's in um those that bring up taizun fukun i butchered that ancient chinese name for enma i don't know what enma is um i don't know there's any real based on the fact that there's no notes here talking about enma i don't think enma has any Like it's like, well here, Emma just took me to Buddhism, so it has some like. Oh, I guess Emma might be a, a one of the princes of hell, and it seems like the princes of hell thing have something to do with Buddhism. I was not aware of that. East Asia and Eastern Asia, East Asian and Buddhist mythology. Yama sometimes for the king of hell, King Yan, Yam, uh, Yamla, wrathful god to judge the dead and preside over the. Yeah, it's kind of like uh from Dragon Ball Z, um King Yama. I think that's what his name is, King Yama. But uh, he doesn't. He he kind of presides over heaven, and hell in that in that universe. He sends people to heaven. He sends people to HFIL. Is the is what they use there. Whatever reason Emma takes me here to Buddhism, so there's some connection to Buddhism in Enma. But funnily enough, Buddhism looks like it's something that's practiced heavily in China, Korea, Japan, Taiwan, Vietnam, Vietnam, uh Hutan. Mongolia, Thailand, Sri Lanka, Cambodia, Myanmar, and Laos. That's interesting. 
Very interesting, actually. Um, I think actually Buddhism might still be alive. I can't. I know some religions are actually are pretty dead. But I think Buddhism is not. Oh, King Yima is his name. Oh, that's probably why Enma is supposed to be. I guess there's another name for the guardian uh, of to the gates of hell, which actually kind of makes sense. Hey, hey, Mr. Reference to Spelunky. That's actually kind of funny. Um, yeah, there's a lot of references to Enma. So apparently, Enma. And at the very core of Inma must mean it's just that he's talking about an actual physical entity that guards the gates to hell in that in that religion. Um, let's talk about a spell book that how bound with two is the most powerful, like Shikigami. That actually, funny enough, almost kills well, doesn't really almost kill anybody because uh, Ana ends up like destroying them easily, which in fact, which in turn hurts how pretty uh not pretty badly but it definitely hurts out because we see him bleeding in the next scene after that happened how they're happening uh see here the spell book it, it, it holds the secrets to like beating how and it only how the sentence can use it aka yo asakura is the only one that can use it uh pretty much yeah as i said before breaking the seal unleashes the two shikigami ponchi and kanchi uh tomo Tom, tomoa is uh, spirits and running away with cowards. Another thing, which is kind of funny. Makoto's brings up too here that um, in his notes that they kind of look like running stimpy at that moment, which is kind of funny. Uh, he wants to bring up here in his notes that uh, there's a scene in which Yogi sent a package, and the little translation is industrial hemp. It, even even while he's not here, he's ruining the 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 the, the, the forwardness of a lot of this conversation we're having. That's between me and the, and the viewer. But hey, um, we've already known that Horror Horror was a snowboard shaman, which is kind of cool. Uh, apparently, I guess he didn't write this stuff down, which is why I was writing it down now. Is like uh, the Dowser Lyserg is Shikigami is named uh, when that Shikigami spirit is named Morphine. I think this episode, is this episode where they yeah also this is also the episode i forgot but i guess the major portion of this episode too is about horror horror and um and him like showing off how much he got stronger because we see him like uh helping protect a bear um in the forest from actually getting killed uh by some poachers which ironically he still gets killed by some poachers actually spoiler alert as he's trying to help the bear calm down because the bear itself had encounters with humans when it was younger and had a shotgun to the face and his right eye i believe is the one that got messed up and he spent the most of his life hating humans we come to find out the main reason why he was doing that was because he in fact the bear in fact uh couldn't go back to his his like his family because they couldn't they spot the humans and he didn't like humans because humans shot him it was like a bunch of like just a, a lot of bad things happening all at once. Horror Horror ends up being able to calm the bear down, and as he does that, the bear gets shot and gets killed. Horror Horror ends up getting revenge on the humans by just knocking them out. 
using his new uh, his new attack with a with like what looks to be like a of a wooden sword like um, appendage that he has now. Well, not appendage, but like a new totem like looking thing that he has in his hand. So he shows up a new technique that he now has. Well, two new techniques: uh, an owl shield and then a sword technique. pretty much ends with uh the girl that he ends up meeting prior to this um promising that he should take him to the the city doralingo i think it is because that's where yo and all the others are going i think that's about it i mean this episode's an interesting episode in itself it, you know it shows you got a little bit of how it's got a little bit of horror horror it's got a little bit of how in it uh, which kind of leads into the next episode of it mostly deals with how and his influence on people um Fairly notes here about Shaman King episode 16. He titles it the Enter the Ultra Pompadour, which is mostly a real base episode. Uh, his notes here is that they uh, break the fourth wall a lot. A lot of things are said, such as like you overlapping character, which is kind of weird for Rin to say. Um, stakes get raised mainly, whew, mainly due to the fact that Howl's um lackeys at least five of them i believe four or five of them show up preventing yo and his crew from um, progressing through the patch village that they managed to uh, uh they managed to get to after they make it to duralingo um drive out into the uh drive they actually drive out uh, at the beginning of the episode they actually are driving in the direction of the patch village they get they get there and as they're like finding out that this place is a tourist uh, a tourist attraction they, they go further into the back of the, of the of the village and they see a Duna Inner sign. As they're about to enter that Duna Inner sign, they get stopped by a couple of Howl's lackeys. And they find out that, you know, Howl has sent them out to kill his four best friends, I guess, as a way to separate Yo from his friends, I'm guessing. I'm guessing he believes that Yo no, has no need for friends. He's going to prove that to him in, in this episode. Uh. And the, the main part of this episode that we're going to focus on here is the fight between Ryu and Boris Tepes Dracula. And he, before anybody says it, yes, he's actually related to the real life Vlad Tepes Dracula. Um, fun, I did some research to make sure this guy was a real person, and he is actually a real person. Uh, he was... Vlad, uh, Vlad was alive in the 1400s, like the mid 1400s. He was, um, he's kind of important of a character. And it's funny because Boris here is a direct descendant of his. Um, and he kind of fakes being Vlad Dracula here. Uh, he ends up actually biting Lyserg, the guy with the, uh, with the, with the dowsing ability, and he knocks him out. Um,. And then he ends up fighting Ryu because Ryu gets pissed off. And Ryu is kind of holding his own for a little bit until Vlad starts using his blood wings uh, to uh, fend, his, fend his spear uh, his spear attacks off. And uh, then immediately starts attacking Ryu with um, bats. Pig bats. I think it's a common thing in whatever reason in this time and era of a show like this. is a thing that uh, bats look like pigs. It's very odd. I... I don't, I didn't understand it then. Definitely understand it now. Uh, as they're fighting, uh, Yo is going to get involved, and all of a sudden, Lazerk, who was not possessed by the spirit that uh, that Boris is actually enslaving, 
and uh, pretty much pretty much puts him in like a no horse bar situation where you know if he moves the Lannister is going to stab himself and uh, as this is all happening he explains he goes into his whole backstory about how you know the spirit that he's possessed when he was alive hunted his family he's enslaving his spirit to uh, for him to pay penance for what he's done to his family yo being the ever so easygoing individual that he is into realizing what, how to get through this and so do his friends and they all break free and after all this happens Ryu goes to reveal goes to goes to reveal a new technique of his and they cut the episode off in typical late 90s early 2000s in anime fashion they cut the episode as he's about to reveal his new technique after a speech of like unending friendship you see this really cool six-headed snake attack and we don't get to see what its name is i'm very very upset about this because it, like, it was like getting to the point where he was starting to be really cool and then they cut it off. So either it's not going to work in the next episode or it's going to be a one-hit kill thing and it's going to send Boris on his behind and they go after the uh, rest of Howl's minions. I'm betting on the latter. Um, but there's also a possibility that it could be a combination of both. Uh, not much to say on that. Like uh, uh, These episodes are really good. They... Uh, they had a lot. They had a lot to them. At least the first episode of this review had a lot to it. Second episode had a little bit more about how involved in it. It's starting to look like we're going to get more and more into like um, how and his purpose here in the show. So it's going to be interesting, I guess, from here on out to see what how is going to be doing. And I guess with that, we're going to get into what everybody is waiting for. Jeez, that didn't last long. We're only 30 minutes in. Okay. Uh, this episode is... Uh, well, next thing we're going to view is the Mahara episode called... Where is it? Where is it? It's called Tenko Shirimura Origin. And uh, we're going to we're gonna go bit by bit here. Starting off the episode, we essentially have um, twice huddled around Toga because she's lost a lot of blood and essentially he goes and starts measuring her to make a duplicate of her so he can transfuse blood into her you'll see here that for whatever reason twice is is like the one with the mask off his arms are good so at some point his arms weren't dislocated enough or either that his clones managed to relocate his arms they actually go on arguing. Each of the clones is arguing about who will, you know, measure Toga, which is kind of creepy. Uh, she's 17 freaking years old. Yeah, and they keep on going on about, like, uh, you know, they're going to have to transfuse blood, but it's not going to be enough to save her. He goes on making a promise that he's going to go save her, and we cut to the intro. I guess what this what I want to say is, like, uh, Twice's character is really starting to, like, he's starting to amp up here. Considering I know what I know about his character, and it's, I'm still pretty upset about it. For two reasons. Because I know about it, and two, I really don't want it to happen, but... Hey, I'm not the, I'm, I'm not the creator of the show. Or the manga. So, I have to take it 
by stride, I guess. As I go through a lot of this, like, intro here, skip over it. We got the intro, we cut to Spinner, uh, trying to get through, get, trying to get to whoever this guy is, this, like, political leader. Uh, so weird, this political leader with, with the voice technique. And, uh, essentially he revealed, this this guy reveals that he has, oh, no, his, the name of the Spinner is actually Shinichi, wait, Shinguchi? Yeah, the name of the uh, the name of the spinner is his real name, and actually is Shoot uh, Shuichi Iguchi. And it reveals that here the party, the guy leading the Hearts and Minds, ends up um, revealing another patented item, the seven the servants loud. And essentially, he amps up every hero in the vicinity around him, and it makes them powerful enough. His name is Koku Hanabata. His his code name. Insight. Well, his quirk, his name is Insight. The electromagnetic waves in his voice actually incites everybody around him and makes them like more willing to like attack, which is shown here because like now they're like on a par with like uh, twice his like multiplying ability. We actually get this, we actually get another glimpse at a, another exploding person, which is even creepier. We see the apparently Spinner's only ability. With his quirk is to stick to walls because his quirk's name is Gecko. Seems kind of lame. That's all his quirk is allows him to do. Because he got people like uh, uh, Froppy who got more abilities from being a frog. So I don't know if like, there's got to be more to his ability than we currently know. Spinner is having a hard time because essentially, as he's trying to like help uh, Shigaraki, he's having a hard time because like. All these people are, all these heroes here are just like proving to be too much for him. It's actually really crazy. Like how much trouble like yeah, he's having, but I mean, I guess his quirk is kind of lame. And he actually kind of comes to terms with this too, as he's like, he's being berated by the Hearts and Minds dude. You know, but he's real, he, he's, he's saying that he does, he, he's, not the, he's not anything special, but he wants to be able to do what he can. And I guess we also figure out, we also get to hear his reasoning for sticking around with Shigaraki. Main reason, he wants to see the kind of world that Shigaraki is going to create. It doesn't seem that he's too bothered that Shigaraki is a villain. Which is the one thing I, uh, you know, I always thought, I was like, wonder why he's so fixated on Shigaraki, but... Yeah, he really, uh, he's, he's kind of admiral in the way that, you know, he knows he's a nobody. But he doesn't care. So I mean, like, there's not much to really say here about that. He really wants to take on Shigaraki's load. That could be taken in so different, so many different ways. But I'm pretty sure he's talking about like Shigaraki's wants and desires. We cut away from Spinner's ordeal to uh, see the aftermath of the building falling on everybody from the last episode. Garen survives thanks to Twice's clones being turned to goo. And oh, as the dust clears, we see uh, Redestro in his big form, his like very muscular, uh, ogre-looking ogre form. Apparently in that building, there was 110,000 people that Shigaraki killed as they were falling on there. That seems kind of ridiculous. 
And now Shigaraki is like just taunting him now. He's like. As we ask another thing, we get to see a really interesting look at Shigaraki's face. You also see like Shigaraki's quirk, like I would say unbound. But it doesn't seem to do much because like Redestro ends up jumping into the air and punches the ground like an All Might smash would. And he pretty much asking him, like, are you like how are you feeling? He's like, Of course I'm mad. We also learned that apparently in Jockey's confirmation here that uh this the the coloring discoloration on his face has a lot to do with his quirk. And apparently he was like his name is Rikuya Yatabushi, his quirk is named Stress. He can store up stress to turn it into um, power. I kind of look at it as like Hulk. It, like it seems ridiculous, but it's like I would say that it's kind of like Hulk, but his clothes, for the reason, seem to be able to change shape, because he can get bigger in his clothes and they stay on. But I guess enough of that, we see Redeshu grab onto Shigaraki and grab his palms and then starts breaking them. It's a very, uh, it's a very disturbing look, actually. It's like he's, he's breaking his fingers between his index finger and his thumb. And as this is happening, Shigaraki has a flashback to his origin, aka episode's title, Tenko or, uh, Origin. We see, uh, pretty much go back to when he was with uh, All for One, when All for One's got a face. You see his hands of all his family members. His grandmother, grandfather, father, mother, sister. Shigaraki had a sister, apparently. You also see here that his hair is white and his eyes are red. Uh, it, it's he, he looks very disheveled. And then we go back from there and we go all the way back to the very beginning. And his sister, his older sister, looks a lot like uh, Nana Shimura. It's probably on purpose because it's probably the closest. She was probably the closest person to him back when he was a little kid. In this flashback, it like really like from what I remember watching this too. Like I find it interesting how much Tenko like how much he looked like Deku as a, as a little kid. His hair was black. You know, he had like a lot of hope and promise. Like I really I like to compare Shim uh, you know Shigaraki to Deku. If like you know, Deku didn't have like people on his side, wanted you know, wanted to help him realize his dream. We cut back from that, and we cut back to the present here, and essentially he's as his hands are being crushed, he has a lot of emotions like follow flow through him. And this is happening. He his uh, ring finger and his pinky finger end up touching the index finger of uh, Redestra, and it breaks his skin. And this is notable because up to this point, we were under the assumption that Shigaraki could only activate his quirk if he had all his fingers touching something. But here, his two, his pinky and his index and his ring finger were the only thing touching. And uh, as this is happening, he's having more flashbacks. We see a glimpse of his mother, who actually happens to be a redhead. Let's learn that apparently Shigaraki's meta ability is progressing. Let's learn more that apparently. The power scaling isn't actually as random as we think, Jock. <laughs> I'm saying this as he's trying to, as if he's actually watching this. And uh, Shigaraki now looks like he's unbound. He's also, we also seen the fruits of his training with uh, Gargantua Makia. Like he's much faster, and apparently Redestro calls it graceful. 
and he also brings the fact that Shigaraki should have been able to take down one or two villains back at the uh, Kamui incident. But like he's apparently like he's his training, as we all know here, is actually paying off. He's actually really freaking quick, much quicker than he was in the past. And like we get like uh, we get Redestro here like saying that he knows how he's he's done this and cause he's trained his stress the same way, and he he ups his like his stress to eighty percent liberation is what he calls it. He says playtime is over, and then he does what I like to call a Kamehameha attack, which is called stress output, and everything, and I guess it's so much stress that, like, the world's changing around him, and he unleashes an attack called Burden, and that sends Shigaraki flying, like, destroying everything in, 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 in its path. Shigaraki is in the middle of it. And now it seems like Shigaraki now has all his memories at his disposal. Um... Start learning that his grandfather and his grandmother were pretty kind. What I remember is like, uh, yeah, they were pretty kind. His mother was also very kind. His sister was also very, very kind. His father, on the other hand, wasn't. And we also learned that for the main reasons because his mother wasn't around for him when he was growing up. She ended up dying in a fight that he knew nothing about. Which is um, it really opens your eyes to the, the trouble and the and the problems that you know. Shigaraki went through growing up he was like beaten he was he, he was an outcast he wanted to be a hero when he was growing up his father wouldn't let that happen it's just like a Shigaraki had a very very dark it's like I will say this I compare this if this could have been Deku if Deku hadn't had the upbringing that he had as is happening we learned that Gagenjimachi is finally in the city heading towards uh, Shigaraki and else is happening. I learned that Shigaraki got off a, a, a tiny attack on his finger again as he unleashed Burden. Shigaraki's quirk is I like to, is I like to call it decaying unbound. He uh, Shigaraki can literally, I think now he can just decay anything he wants now. It's actually kind of ridiculous. The Shigaraki here in this entire episode is now just crazy. He's insane. But it seems like now he like, you know, his senses have been like honed. He can he can now like 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 I guess before his 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 memories didn't weren't fully back, but now they're fully back. As he says this, he grabs the hand that's normally on his face and puts it back on there. Shigaraki now knows what he wants to do and it's just purely destroy. And probably for good reason, when you really think about it, for purely good reason. Well, Discord, you really decided to reveal that I'm live now? How dare you? And then we get the first glimpse of his, of his flashback as a kid. Like, he was being dragged away by his father. He really looks like Deku here, and there's like one image at like, uh, 1326. And this is like when he was five years old and his name was Tenko Shimura. His father really does not like uh, uh, <laughs> the idea of heroes and we really see this here in this entire flashback. Like he really doesn't like it because his mother was a hero and she ended up dying to save strangers. It's, it's the same like 
it's a, it's the same footnotes from before you know people don't like in heroes because heroes save you know strangers versus saving their family Shigaraki wants to be a hero because it looks like he looks up to Nana Shimura I would figure but he's never met her so he probably looks up to heroes this will learn apparently a part of uh, Shigaraki might have like I feel like his scratching has something to do with his decaying ability but I'm guessing Shigaraki just has like sensitive skin You know, seeing a little bit more about like Tomo. Yeah, we also learned the main reason why he got punished there is because he was playing heroes and his father didn't like it. Especially since apparently Tenko was pretending to be All Might. Like I don't know, it seems like there's a lot. I, I feel like there's a lot, and like it's also still missing here. We also don't really truly know, like when he, when you know, when his father's mother died. It seems like it was relatively close enough at this point. Also, the timeline it seems like Tenko would have already given her 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 one for all ability over to uh, uh, crap, forgot his name, but the who would who would ultimately become All Might. We see that you know Shigaragi is like was you know pretty much punished his entire like all his like fifth all his like all his, all the time when he was like five years old because he wanted to be a hero. He was. He felt like he he's rejected by his father. It's very, it's ridiculous actually how sad it is. And we also see like we get a chance to see that at least if he doesn't know who Nana is, he gets a chance to see her in a in a in a picture, um, with, with his father. It, he looks really happy. And like his older sister really wants to cheer him on to be a hero, and it seems like this is the person that's in his life that could have easily helped him like stay on the side of justice and good and everything but he first learns this and i believe this is yeah this is the portion of the no actually i think no he actually he does awaken uh, uh, he does awaken his quirk ends up like as he's playing with the dog he ends up throwing the ball and the ball ends up like peeling a little bit As he figures out he has a quirk, it's uh, his father ends up finding out that he found he saw his grandmother's photo. He's looking insanely pissed. His older sister is throwing him under the bus. This is this is going downhill real quickly, and he essentially grabs him. And here it says, hey, "This is not your grandmother. This is somebody who abandoned her child." We can see the expression of pain on his face, but like. Shigaraki is yelling, Watenko is yelling out for help for somebody, but his parents, every single one of them, even his older sister, are just letting letting his father, like, beat him. And, like, this is, like, this is the start of the downhill trajectory of Shigaraki's life. We see, we now, time has passed. The entire day has passed. And we see Shigaraki's father... Looking at some notes that of, uh, of his mother when she left that night. Yeah, it looks like this, these are notes are from the last time she had a chance to see him. She's apologizing for not being being there for him. She feels really bad about it. But we do see that as he was growing up here, he definitely had some times with her. It's like it wasn't all bad. Because he really wanted to be be there for him. It also seems like, I don't know if, it's, if that's her quirk or not. 
But her hands are insanely bigger in that image when, uh, as him, with him as a kid, because they seem smaller here, so I'm almost curious. I wonder if that was her quirk. Seems kind of odd. I wonder if she can enlarge her limbs. Hmm. That's oddly similar to someone else in the My Hero universe who has the uh, ability to extend, make her hands bigger. We see that apparently his father seems to realize that he went too far. His wife is saying, like, how dare you put your hands on him? Like, I thought you wanted a happy family. We see that he's regretting this, and Shigaraki isn't in the backyard crying, um, holding his dog with his hand, by the way. His, all, his, all his fingers are on the dog. He grips him on and ends up decaying his pet dog. The color, it goes out of the dog's eyes and it turns into a crumbling statue. And we see bl a blood puddle and pieces of his dog all in it. He doesn't realize what happened. He's freaking out. And his older sister comes out to apologize. And as she does this, she's going to see the dog. And she's going to run. And Shigaraki is having a panic attack. He can't even, he can't even tell, he can't even tell her what happened. She freaks out. She begins to run. Shigaraki lunges at her, ends up decaying her in the process. Essentially, this from this point on, Shigaraki ends up inadvertently killing his, his family. Every single one of them. And ends up actually killing his father in a fit of rage once he sees him. And we see that Shigaraki's quirk is so uh, under control, is so not under control that he ends up like decaying the... Uh, the backyard and we also see the the, uh, the first bits of Shigaraki's hair losing its color his parents are like I mean everybody's just terrified as they would be when they see their child's ability uh, like out of control he try he tries to go and like you know he tries to go and hug his mother, ends up decaying them, decaying her, he decays his grandmother and his grandfather, all in the process. Like, Shigaraki, I look at, like, the biggest thing here, like, Shigaraki is, like, crying. He, uh, eventually comes down to, he eventually, eventually comes down to the fact that he hates everybody. It seems like, look here, too, if he, he decays the ground, and it seems like it decays his mother just on the, just on the premise of her being in contact with the ground that's decaying. As his hair is losing color, you go back inside, his father is looking for everybody, and Burns finds everybody dead in his backyard. Shigaraki's hair is turning white. I forgot the name of this syndrome too, but it's apparently a syndrome that hasn't really been 100% confirmed yet, but you can, like, you can experience so much trauma that your hair just turns flat white. His father finds him. His father is purely terrified. Ends up grabbing what I don't know what that is and starts beating him over, beating his son over the head with it. This causes his son to, like, lunge at him with killing intent this time. And he ends up grabbing his father's face and ends up decaying it. But not only decaying his father, he ends up decaying the entire ground. Which essentially is what leaves him homeless and without a family. We now know that Shigaraki killed his parents.
He killed his sister. He killed his grandfather. He killed his grandmother. He, he, he killed his mother not intentionally. And ends up killing his father intentionally. After he does that, we see everything decaying around him. And we see him just a young Shigaraki standing in the middle of rubble with this creepy grin on his face. It, it shows that he's finally broken. And we now know, it's like I said before, it's an eye-opener. It shows why Shigaraki is the way he is. And not that, it, not that it dismisses any of the evil he's done, but it shows why he's the way he is. Another thing... Like, it depends on the environment sometimes in which you're raised that, that determines your outcome. Shigaraki had a, just a better family and a father that didn't beat, beat him over the head every chance he got. Because he wanted to be a hero, Shigaraki could have probably turned out to be a decent kid, even with a quirk that destroys everything he touches. But that is it. We have the origin of Shigaraki. That is a very interesting origin story for a villain and i actually find it really interesting i don't know where they're gonna go from here but i cannot wait and i guess with that i'm gonna say that i think that's gonna be the end of the podcast we didn't even bridge an hour <laughs> um that's what happens when you don't have anybody to bounce ideas off and keep you going in a general direction and on a topic long enough to bridge an hour um i want to say that there may not be a podcast next week because these episodes i can't keep them going any longer than maybe up to an hour but close to it anyway so it's probably gonna be best that we go on a hiatus for the remainder of this month when this episode goes up on uh, rss that will be the final episode i will be watching these episodes as they come out still and we'll come back to do a really like condensed review of My Hero and any of the episodes from my uh, Shaman King that we didn't review. So the review that I've done already will still stand. Um, I think there will only be two more episodes that we'll probably have to review because we go off the whole one-off-a-week thing. It'll just be My Hero mostly and in like one set of Shaman King episodes to review. So, um... I guess with that, this is going to be the shortest episode to the Anime for All podcast, but hey, maybe it'll, mo- it'll be the most popular one. Uh, I'm going to leave the uh, I'm going to leave the air open for you guys. If there's anything you like to discuss in the comment section below or even in Twitter, my Twitter handle is the Game Hunter uh, underscore. You can just type in the Game Hunter Online, and that should at least allow you to post directly to me. If there's anything specific in the Shaman Key episode that you wanted to you want to discuss or know a little bit more about or have a dis- have uh, Jock weigh his opinion in you're always more than welcome to shoot those in my direction and I guess I will be seeing guys I guess in October uh, see you guys then <laughs>